There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening and welcome to the History of Germany podcast. I just finished recording my History of Alchemy show and I was telling those listeners that I guess part of what makes history interesting for me was some of the stories and anecdotes and and that sort of thing surrounding the the kind of known facts and just the you know the dates and times and so i'm going to take this opportunity to take a break from our regular show and dust off my old ghost tour guide skills and tell you guys a couple of ghost stories so sit down kids it's story time these will these are mostly from prague because that's where i was a tour guide but i I picked one, I picked a few stories where at least uh, Germans were mentioned in the story in one way or, way or another. So this might even kind of be interesting from a historic point of view, like what the Czech legends or, or Prague stories and Bohemian German stories kind of have to say about, about each other. So there's obviously a lot of um, history of Bohemia and also Germany that kind of intersect and overlap. And... Um, here's a story from from an example of that. So this one's from the time of Wenceslas IV. So he lived in the in the or he died in the 15th century, and he was king of Bohemia, but also by election the German king, formerly like king of the Romans, from 1376 on. And in fact, so he was the third Bohemian and third German monarch of the Luxembourg dynasty. So definitely a kind of um, you know not necessarily. A Czech king, but still a very Czech Wenceslas name. And in any case, King Wenceslas IV was fond of merriment, but no one could make him laugh like his court magician, Gito. The magician had a justifiable grudge against the royal jester, who was jealous of the favor he enjoyed with the king and slandered him behind his back. The story goes that once at a banquet, Gito transformed the jester's hands into horse hooves. And when everyone had laughed their fill, turned them into oxen hooves. Only when the jester had started to weep and wail heart-rendingly did Gito change his, back, his hands back into human form. So one day, King Wenceslaf wanted to go for a ride. His coach was already waiting in the courtyard, but there was no sign of Gito, even though he had been ordered to go with the king. The magician appeared only at the last minute with a terrible scraping and crowing on a wagon drawn by three huge black roosters. The king nearly fell from his coach laughing and allowed the magician to accompany him through Prague in his strange vehicle. Another time, Gito took 30 sheaves of corn and transformed them into 30 beautiful fat swine. He then drove the swine to sell at the market, but on the way he met a buyer, the stingy baker Michal. They quickly agreed on a sale, but Gito warned the baker, just remember that my pigs must never be bathed. The baker, however, had his own ideas, shrugged off the advice, and immediately drove the swine to the ford. Scarcely had the creatures touched the water when they changed back into sheaves of corn. 
The furious Michal immediately set off in search of the magician. There was no sign of him at the castle or in the market, but eventually Michal discovered him sleeping in an inn. Yet however violently Michal yelled and cursed, Jito would not wake up. In his anger, the baker caught Jito by the leg and tried to shake him awake, but the leg came away in his hand. Jito opened his eyes in an instant and started to lament and scream that now the baker must pay him handsomely for the loss of his leg. What could the baker do? The inn was full of witnesses and so he had no choice but to beg Jitos for forgiveness and pay a fine sum of money for the leg. Jito stuffed the money into his pouch, touched the severed leg, and as if by a miracle, it grew back into his body again. He jumped to his feet briskly, walked out of the inn with a laugh, and didn't even look back at the woe-begone baker. And there's another story of Jito when the Duke of Bavaria came to visit. So the, the Duke of Bavaria was involved into the royal court as a guest and brought with him his own jugglers as a contribution to the merriment. They were excellent judge, jugglers, and King Wenceslaus and the whole court were amazed at their clever tricks. When the performance was over, the king summoned Jito to demonstrate his own art, but whatever Jito came up with, even the most skillful turn, the German jugglers managed to repeat it after him. Jito was completely out, unable to outdo them. It made the magician sullen, and the king frowned too. The next day, when the Bavarian jugglers were performing again in the courtyard before the king, and hundreds of amazed proggers, Jito was not to be found anywhere. People began to think that he must be ashamed because he couldn't accomplish anything to rival the Germans. Suddenly Jito appeared with two assistants and strode straight onto the podium. There he stopped, waited for the crowd to fall silent, rolled up his sleeves, and with both hands started to pull at his mouth until it was stretched incredibly wide. The people held their breaths, not knowing what would come next. All at once, the assistants grabbed one of the German jugglers and held him fast. The magician opened his mouth, now as huge as an oven, and swallowed the German. The audience applauded thunderously and collapsed with laughter, but that was not all. The assistants brought in a keg full of water, and Jito spat the Bavarian juggler out into it. The crowd roared madly. King Wenceslas praised Jito before them all, and the Bavarian conjurers returned home abashed and embarrassed. And of course, there's all kinds of ghost stories for about buildings being built. You know, even the, the architects building them, there's ghost stories about what they had to do to get that done. One example is the Kinski Palace, and the Kinski Palace is famous is famous because it's now the National Gallery, but a hundred years ago there was a Kafka's father's bookstore was in that building, and it, on the balcony is where Clement Gottwald, you know, announced the beginning of communism in Czechoslovakia. So, but there's another building, the, the Chernin Palace, which is kind of behind the castle, a little bit up from the castle a ways. It's, it's kind of a huge, monumental, 150-meter facade, and it, it's right on the Loretanskia Square since 1669, and so you can see the Loretto, it's kind of down the hill a little bit. And the, the Loretta has its own, you know, a few ghost stories, and it's a, it's a, co it's a copy of the, the Loretta in uh, Italy. But the Chernin Palace, the Chernin Palace was originally built for Humprecht Chernin of Chudinice, and he was the imperial envoy to Venice. Now the tale goes that for a long time the Count failed to find an architect willing to attempt the grand and enormous palace he had in mind. But in the end, one turned up of his own accord, 
The Count liked his preliminary sketches, so he gave the architect a fat advance, and work began immediately. The architect had no reason to be sparing with the money the Count had given him. He happily paid the wages of the laborers and craftsmen, and the fees of the artists who adorned the palace with works of art. He was sure that the Count would pay him the entire sum, including his own fee, as soon as the palace was ready. When the building was complete, the architect planned to go and see the Count at his country residence, but on the eve of his departure, he received news that the Count had suddenly died. After the funeral, the, ac the architect presented himself at the Countess's, submitted his accounts, and asked for them to be paid. But the Countess was appalled at the amount of money she was supposed to pay. She wanted to see a charter signed by the Count and confirming the costs, but the architect did not possess one. He, did, he defended himself by explaining that he had relied on the promise of Count Chernin, but without a contract or a bond, the Countess refused to negotiate with him. The architect found himself in a hopeless situation. He was penniless, deep in debt, and had not been paid for the building. In great despair, he confided his woes to his brother, who happened to be a member of the secret society of the Masons. His brother took him to a secret Masonic gathering and asked the members of the Brotherhood to help him. Those present listened to his story, consulted for a while among themselves, and then the Grand Master told the architect to have a contract drawn up as if the Count were still alive. The architect brought the contract to the next Masonic gathering. The Grand Master placed it on a small table at the far end of the hall, had all the candles put out, and started a loud incantation in an unknown language. All at once, the figure of the dead Count Chernin appeared in the darkness above the table. The Count placed his right hand on the paper, on the spot left blank for his signature. Then he withdrew his hand and vanished. When the candles were relit, the terrified architect received his contract back from the Grand Master. In place of the Count's signature, he found the black print of a male hand as if burnt into the document. Show this contract to the Countess and you will see, said the Grand Master. The architect thanked him, hastened to the Countess, and showed her the document. When the Countess looked at the contract, she grew pale. Then she summoned her treasurer and paid the architect all the money he had demanded, down to the last heller. So anyways, if you want more ghost stories, the latest History of Alchemy podcast, I kind of did the same thing. Uh, a couple of alchemists' ghost stories, and it's that episode's maybe 20 minutes long or so, uh, maybe a little less. So if you want more stories... Um, I'm going to be lazy here and just tell you to go there and check it out at historyofalchemy.com or History of Alchemy podcast on iTunes. So <laughs> um, go there to check that out. And otherwise, have a happy Halloween. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.